Welcome to She Decided to Run Her Way, a podcast created for female runners wanting to resolve their chronic fatigue and return to their running with more energy. I'm your host, Pamela Otero, a nutritional therapy practitioner, a certified running coach, and someone who's personally traveled this path. If you're a woman who's frustrated with not being able to run the way you used to, and you're ready to ditch that energy-depleting fatigue, then sit back, grab your favorite glass of kombucha, and learn how it's totally possible for you. I know, I know, you just saw the title of this episode, and you're probably thinking, whoa, now hold up. You're really going to talk to me today about rethinking my coffee and tea? Rethink me holding my favorite cup that fits oh so perfectly in my hands, filled with all that warm and cozy goodness? Uh, heck no. All right, all right. Now don't go hitting that dang stop button on your podcast player. Just hold up a minute. And let me tell you why I wanted to chat with you about this topic today. I promise I'm not going to tell you to give it up altogether. I'll let you make that decision after today's episode. Nope. Today, I just want to offer you the suggestion of making some connections. Connections with how you're feeling, what type of coffee or tea you're consuming, and why you drink it in the first place. Maybe even have you walk away making some connections and really thinking about any unexplained symptoms you might be experiencing that are negatively impacting you and that could also impact your running down the line. And I will totally admit that I had very similar thoughts as you when I initially came across some of this information the other day as I was researching. I was actually researching this topic for myself because of some things I've been experiencing, and I really wanted to understand if it had anything to do with my coffee and tea consumption. So before you go skipping out on me today, please don't, I'd love it if you'd stick with me because today I'll be sharing with you basically three things. The first one is I'm just going to give you a little background information about coffee and tea, share with you some things you may not even know. Um, The second thing I want to talk with you about is really just discuss a few factors you may want to consider when deciding if drinking coffee or tea is beneficial to you or if you should cut back. And then the third thing is I really want to chat about some symptoms you might be experiencing that you want to take notice of, as well as some health conditions that you might have that can be made worse when consuming coffee or tea. All right. So you probably already know this by your reaction to reading the title of today's episode, but drinking tea and coffee drinking caffeinated beverages, usually tea and coffee, has become one of the most popular traditions today. Around the world, it's something that's consumed by almost every single culture. And for many, it's a daily ritual that is truly, truly treasured. The world is really running on caffeine. 
Wouldn't you agree? I have a pretty good feeling you're totally in agreement with me and that you too have some sort of morning or evening or even heck, a daily practice around drinking coffee or tea. And I totally know this to be true because over the years, being a runner and coaching women to run, it's one of the things we all seem to have in common. You know, grabbing coffee or tea after a run, showing up with our coffee or tea in hand at a run, or hey, running late for a run because we had a tad bit too much before getting out the door. It's just something that most of us runners consume. And usually for a couple of reasons, either using it as a way to clean out our system, if you know what I mean, or drinking it as a way to boost energy while on a run. Now, personally, I don't drink it for either of those reasons. I honestly just love the smell, the taste, and the whole dang experience. But because coffee and tea contain caffeine, unless you drink decaf, that feeling of increased energy that you sometimes get um, or that you drink it for, although it's really just certain neurotransmitters in the brain being stimulated and others being blocked, it's really what many people are drawn to. And did you know that caffeine is found in over a hundred plant species? It's part of this class of naturally occurring organic compounds called methylxanthines, which are phytochemicals. Now, I won't get into all the chemistry sciencey stuff because it's it kind of stresses my brain, but also because it's not particularly necessary for the sake of this conversation today. But I just wanted to give you a little bit of background on it and specifically caffeine that's in it. Um, so the cool thing that I think about caffeine is that it is one of those forms of methylxanthines, and it's actually a plant defense compound naturally found in coffee, cacao, and tea inside the seeds, nuts, and leaves of these plants. And this chemical plant defense, this caffeine, it helps to protect itself against pathogens and herbivores, which are organisms that primarily eat plants. So its existence is to defend itself from outside invaders. Pretty cool, right? So although these plants produce caffeine for its own specific needs to protect itself, we also consume these plants, the seeds, the nuts and leaves, obviously in their process form, for our own needs. And not only do we get this stimulant effect or benefit, we also get other health benefits due to polyphenols that are also found in them. Now, polyphenols are produced by the plants, and these are basically highly essential functional foods, nutrients um, that are found in these plants that are needed in our diet. And they have been shown to be very, very helpful in doing a lot of things. But some of the things that they've been helpful in is decreasing the risk of certain things like heart attacks, strokes, and diabetes as well as helping to improve blood pressure, 
um, insulin resistance, and even systemic inflammation. So, you know, although there are obviously some benefits to consuming coffee and tea because of these sort of things, the actual amount of polyphenols and caffeine that we get really all depends on how the coffee and the tea are grown, where exactly they're sourced, and then ultimately how they are processed once they're harvested. So if you're a tea drinker, for example, and you'd like to get the most bang for your buck with the health benefits from drinking it, and the least amount of caffeine, you'd want to opt for drinking white or green tea because it's the least processed of all the different types of teas, and it contains the highest amounts of polyphenols, as well as the least amount of caffeine. Whereas with black tea, it's the most processed, and it contains the least amount of polyphenols and has the most amount of caffeine. And this goes, you know, for coffee as well. Now, the process um, of roasting the coffee beans is totally different than heating and drying the tea leaves a certain way. But overall, this same spectrum of nutrient benefits and the amount of of caffeine um, that are in them are the same. So, you know, lighter roasts of coffee are going to be less processed and they're going to have more polyphenols and less caffeine compared to darker roasts of coffee. So I hope that makes sense. I thought that was pretty interesting. So now that you have a little bit of background information about coffee and tea and caffeine and polyphenols, I wanted to discuss a few factors that you may want to consider when deciding if drinking it is beneficial to you or if it's something you might want to consider cutting back on. Now, because each of us is very different, we're all very different. The effects of caffeine, whether that be from coffee or tea, they're all going to be very bio-individual. So how you metabolize it or tolerate it and what reactions, if any, you experience, you know, may be very different from how I do. So if you're a fast metabolizer, you're going to have a higher tolerance for caffeine because your liver is going to metabolize it quicker. And you may not have any reactions or you may have very little reactions after drinking it. But let's say you're a slow metabolizer, someone whose body is slow to break down, to absorb and to metabolize it. You might have a lower tolerance for caffeine, which is often why some people, maybe this is you, you get jittery or you feel anxious or you even experience a crash after drinking coffee or tea that's caffeinated. And even sometimes you might be someone, if you're drinking, let's say a lighter roast coffee or even a green tea, you may still experience some of those um, reactions. You just might be very sensitive to it. So making those connections as to how you're tolerating it and what reactions you have really might lead you to either change the types of teas or coffees that you're drinking, let's say changing from drinking black tea to a whiter green tea, or, you know, drinking a light roast instead of drinking a dark roast. So did you just hear me there? See, I told you at the beginning of this episode, 
I wasn't going to suggest you give it up altogether. I just want to get you to start thinking about what you're consuming, how it's impacting you, and if you need to cut back or change things up. All right. So the third and final thing I wanted to chat with you about today has to do with some health conditions where drinking caffeine can really make them worse. And depending upon what systems in your body need more support because they've either been dysregulated or they're under a lot of stress, caffeine may or may not be helpful. So in the nervous system, when it comes to feeling tired, and a lot of times, you know, people will drink coffee or drink something with caffeine because they're feeling really tired or sleepy. Caffeine works by blocking receptors in the brain that transmit these signals for sleepiness. So if you're already someone who is struggling with poor sleep at night, Drinking caffeine during the day and especially in the evening can make your sleep even worse. And I bring this up because there are so many people I know that experience issues with their sleep. They have poor quality sleep, but they're not really making connections to other things that they're doing that either could be causing that crappy sleep or making it worse. All right. Now, the other thing that caffeine does is it revs up your adrenal glands, which increases um, cortisol production, cortisol secretion. So along with boosting that feeling of having more energy in the short term, long-term consumption um, and long-term effects of that caffeine on your adrenal glands can really exhaust them. And if you are somebody who is already under a lot of stress, maybe you already know that you are struggling with some adrenal issues and thyroid issues, maybe burning the candle at both ends, stressing the adrenal glands by consuming caffeine, whether it be with tea or coffee, probably isn't going to be supportive, okay? So that's just another thing I want you to think about if that is you. And then the other thing I want to just mention is because caffeine also acts as a diuretic, it increases urination and it often increases thirst. If you're already someone who doesn't do the best job hydrating throughout the day, um, or you're someone who sweats a lot like me during a run and a workout, You could be potentially stressing your kidneys even more, as well as causing yourself to become even more dehydrated, you know, than you already are, which is not a good thing for your overall health, but definitely not a good thing for your running and your workouts. So despite the fact that there are many great antioxidants and phytonutrients in caffeine, um, depending on certain health conditions, you might already be struggling with, caffeine can be this sort of double-edged sword. So it's really important for you to take notice of all of that, which is why I really wanted to talk with you about this today. So as I wrap up today's episode, there are some questions I want to leave you with that you might want to ask yourself when deciding if you should cut back or swap out 
the types of coffee and teas you're drinking, even if it feels um, that it's, you know, even if you feel like it's helping your running. Okay, I want you to ask yourself these questions. Do I have difficulty falling asleep at night and staying asleep at night? Do I often feel wired and tired? Both of that wired and tired um, is something you really want to think about. Do I have adrenal or thyroid issues already, right? The other question you want to ask yourself is, do you have high levels of stress? And honestly, in the world today, I feel like we are all operating almost 24-7 in our sympathetic state, which is a stressed out state. So do you already have high levels of stress in your life? And then I also want you to ask yourself, do I drink enough water throughout the day and on my runs? Or are you just operating from your coffee or your tea halfway through the day and you're not really hydrating as much? So if you answer yes to any of those questions, you may need to cut back on caffeine, you know, slowly reduce the amount you drink each day or, or just consider changing up the type that, you know, type that you're drinking. Now, because I'm someone who has a lower tolerance for caffeine and I am a slow metabolizer, the amount of coffee I can drink a day and the frequency of days in a row that I can drink it is very, very low. And because I absolutely love the taste and smell of it, like I told you earlier, specifically, I love a good dark roast. I often alternate between coffee and this unsweetened powdered chai that I get. I believe it's called Blue Lotus. Um, I love that. But I'll drink, let's say, coffee for a week or so, and then I'll switch and drink my chai for a couple of weeks. Um, because I did, I will say I did have to give up coffee for some time, um, because it made my, it made my, um, Renaud's, which is an autoimmune, um, disorder, my Renaud's and my fatigue and my anxiety worse. But once I was able to dial in a way to consume it in moderation for the most part, um, I've been able to manage all of that. And when I notice that my symptoms get worse, um, one of the things I do dial back is my caffeine consumption. So I hope I hope you found this episode interesting. I hope you learned a thing or two about caffeine. And I hope that you will join me again next week for more of this goodness. So until then, my friend, go grab your running shoes, lace up, and go enjoy the beautiful outdoors. 